This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. <clears throat> Here we go again, your saltwater guide with another great podcast, seminar, whatever you want to call it. We go live every day, Monday through Friday, 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I want to welcome everybody on Instagram. We've never been able to go live on Instagram. They've been It's been a kind of a deal, but today we get to go live on Instagram. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. We got a really good show for you today. Every uh, Wednesday, those of you that are new from Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Megaphone, everybody, Wednesdays are always uh, Akuma Fish Labs Wednesday. We're going to talk about a Fish Labs product today. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. And uh, we got to make a special announcement. Tim Ekstrom, unfortunately, called us about 10 minutes before we went live today and let me know that they had an injury on the Royal Star last night fishing those big blue fins, so he's got to run the boat. He's on his way down there right now, so he's got to run the boat, so he will not be joining us. As our special guest on Friday, we're going to have the great Michael Folks from Inside Sport Fishing, and he's got a lot to talk about, about his new movie that he's producing right now, The History of Sport Fishing, so he will be with us on Friday, and then Tim Ekstrom will join us next Friday. He's still, he will, he's dying to be on the show, but you know, things happen. And uh, that big bluefin is biting and one of his deckhands took one of those big hooks from the, uh, from the slow pitch Carnata jig right in his forearm last night. Big, big, big mess. So he's got to go down there and run the boat. So he's not going to join us, but we are going to be talking today is text the show Wednesday Akuma Fish Labs Wednesday. You can text the show with any questions you have. I try to answer everybody's questions. Those of you on Instagram, you don't know what's going on. It's okay. We'll build that audience over there. We get a few thousand people watching us every day. Instagram, you just got on, just starting to do this live on Instagram. Hopefully, we can keep it going. But they had it so we couldn't do these live shows. We've been doing this for three and a half years. We've done just over 1,350 of these live podcasts. We do it Monday through Friday. I'm just, all of you on Facebook, Spotify, Megaphone, uh, <clears throat> Apple Podcast, and uh, YouTube, you all know. But Instagram, we just got got going with them. They're, they just joined us. So 
we just got to let everybody know what's going on. This is a live show we do every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. We get thousands and thousands of views a day, and it's it's fun. A lot of people enjoy it. And today, Wednesday, those of you on Instagram that don't know, Wednesday is text the show Wednesday. That means if you have a burning question you want an answer to, you can uh, send it to me, 949-374-0786. I will do my very, very best to answer your question. If I don't know the answer, I'll make up an answer that sounds really, really intelligent. And you'll go, oh, my gosh, this guy really actually knows what he's talking about. But we all know it's a big facade. After 48 years of fishing every day for a living, I have really no idea what I'm talking about. And I know all the superstars on Instagram know way more about this than I ever, ever, ever will. And I know that. But I'm so glad that Instagram is with us now so that all those experts over there on Instagram can let us all know how they can do everything so much better than I do. And, uh, we, you know, we post three brand new videos every single day. And I want to thank everybody for checking out all our videos and watching everything. And everybody over there at Michelson Jots, I took the very first 43 Michelson down to Cabo with the Zeus Drives. Everybody at Michelson knows all about that trip. Mag Bay and Paul had to come down and save me. Everybody knows all about that. I just saw him jump on here over on Instagram. We're going to have lots of new people on Instagram jumping in here because we have not been able to do this live on Instagram. So People are be bouncing back and forth over on Instagram. They're trying to figure out what the heck is this guy doing? What's he talking about? We do this live podcast Monday through Friday, gang, every day. We've done over 1,300. I'll be doing it for three and I don't know, almost four years now. We've been doing it for a very, very long time. And we have a very, very large audience. And now we're super stoked to have Instagram part of it. So thank you, everybody at Instagram. Those of you at Instagram want to know what all this setup is behind me, this is my monkey's house. I do this podcast every day from my monkey's home. Those of you on uh, Spotify, Apple, and Megaphone, you can't see the background, but it's my monkey's lair, if you will. We build him a little jungle here. This is his room in the house. It's just, he has full room. He can cruise around. You'll see him throughout the show, jumping up and down, running around, having a good time. Right now, he's directly behind my head here on the ship. Where did he go? Oh, he's somewhere. He's somewhere in here. Wander. Oh, he's up on the top. You're hiding. People want to see you. He's right up there by the little house. But uh, Marley's on the show every day. So those of you on Instagram, you might want to show your children or your wife. We have a live monkey. That's on our podcast every day. I don't know anybody else that has a live podcast Monday through Friday who also has a monkey on the podcast and talks nothing but fishing every Monday through Friday for at least an hour. So that being said, it's pro. It's uh, <clears throat> Akuma Fish Labs Wednesday. We always start to show off showing up some type of uh, Fish Labs or Akuma product and I thought it would be apropos to start today's show off with this Carnata slow pitch jig. This is the reason why Tim couldn't be on the show today. This jig, the big hook, the big uh, hook that hangs off from the front of it, the top of it, got lodged in his deckhand's arm last night. They're fishing that big bluefin. This is a giant chunk of metal that's flying around in the air when you're out there. So you got to be very, very careful when you're using these things. 
but they're deadly. They work so good. And the reason why we're showing this color, and you know, <clears throat> last year we showed you the oranges and the reds because there was a lot of red crabs. But now it's mostly sardines, anchovies, and mackerel in the mix. So we're matching the hatch, and we're using this, this chromish, silverish color with the flash in it. These things are already pre-rigged, ready to go. The uh, Fish Labs, Carnata, Slow Pitch, Lure, you want to find these at your local tackle stores. These things are deadly, deadly, deadly. They're catching these bluefin at night on these things full speed. So check it out. Go to Fish Lab. Look at it. Pull it up on the internet. Check it all out. Then find your tackle store that's selling these, which it might be a little bit of a problem. But if you call your tackle store and ask them if they have the Fish Lab Carnata Slow Pitch Jig, and if they don't, they surely will because you called and he asked and they're going to know. And these are five and a half inches long and they're 300 gram. And that's the size you want to use because they're fishing this fish in like 200 to 300 feet of water underneath the boat. You need a heavy, heavy lure to sink down there. And that be in the Carnata slow pitch jig. These things are working very, very well. If you look at the size of this, this is about the size of the sardines in the bait tank. These things, look at, see how it, around my hand and I got little tiny hands. I know that, but these things work phenomenal. They work really, really well. There's Marley right up there. You can see his little head on Instagram. He's right there. That's Marley, the marmoset monkey, the smallest monkey in the world. He's part of the show every day. Those of you on Instagram that haven't seen this yet, he is on the show every single day, Monday through Friday. He's like the star and I just do a little talking. But don't miss out on the Kanata slow pitch jig gang. You want to have one of these, especially if you're going out bluefin it. These things work phenomenal for rock cod, too. You got to check these things out. Make sure they have them at your local, ta local tackle store. Fish Lab by Akuma. The slow Carnata Slow Pitch Jig. The chrome color. This color is epic. These are what I like. And this is what you should be using. Tie it straight to your mono. Or excuse me, your piece of floral gear. Your Opsin floral carbon. And then right to your 130-pound braid. Drop that thing down and get yourself a big giant whopper bluefin. All right, gang. So there you go. We'll talk about this lure a little bit later in the game. But don't forget, today is Text the Show Wednesday, gang. You can text me any question you have. I will do my very, very best to answer it. We're going to start off the show with a great question from a gentleman asking me about handy, handicapped people going fishing on the sport fishing boats in Southern California. It's going to be a little bit of a deal when you go on those overnight, long-range, offshore boats. It's going to be, it can be done. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be a little bit different than when you go on a half day or a three-quarter day with your wheelchair. That, when you go on a half day or three-quarter day, that's easy. All the sport boats are used to it. Carry that wheelchair right onto the boat. Get you right in the starboard corner, which is usually the best corner on the boat. I know when I was running them, I would put you in the starboard corner right away. That would be your area. We carry that wheelchair right onto the boat, get you right in that starboard corner. But almost all crews nowadays, well, let's just say all crews nowadays are very, very capable of handling the handicap, the wheelchair bound people. And we want to make it the most fun it can possibly be so. The, the whole crew will be focused around you. At least I know that's how it was on, when I was running the boats. Everything was about making sure you had the greatest time on the water. Try to get you in that corner. That's where most of the fishing is going to happen on that 
starboard corner because the prevailing current is downhill. So the boat will be laying with the starboard side of the boat, looking at the beach, get you on that starboard corner and take really good care of you. And we'll make sure that you have the best time you could possibly have of your life. So yeah, it's super imperative to make sure that if you're a crew member or a captain working on a sport boat and you see that someone's showing up with the wheelchair, you need to stop, drop everything. And that is the most important person on the boat. We got to make sure they're comfortable. We got to make sure that we take care of them and then uh, try to make sure that you keep them out of the weather. We want to make sure you have the most enjoyable trip you possibly can have. So yes, it is absolutely doable. When you do the overnight, that's a little different animal because of the way that the bunk rooms are set up on the boats and all that stuff. So it's a little bit different animal. It can be, it can, it does have a workaround. It's just a little bit tougher, a little bit harder. So you got to just make sure that um, you let everybody know before you get there what's going on. And so they can talk with you and find out what's going on and what all is going to be uh, involved because they want to make sure you have the best experience, but they also want to make sure that you don't have a horrible experience. So we need to know what's going on, how we can accommodate you, and then everybody will work around. It's a it's an easy workaround on the half-day and three-quarter-day boats. It's a little more difficult on the overnight long-range boats, but I've seen it. It can be done, and I don't know anybody that wouldn't do their the wouldn't do the best they can to make sure that they take care of you to the best of their abilities. All right. Now, John Stanley, I haven't seen you in a very, last time I saw you, we were hanging out on the beach in Cabo. Buddy, how are you today? So what's the difference between a ponga and a skiff? Location, 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 location. Ponga is the Spanish or Mexican name for skiff. You and I grew up fishing in Southern California. We call it skiff fishing. Skiff's anything under 30 feet. Down in Mexico, same verbiage, skiff is ponga, ponga skiff. They, the guys call their little center consoles pongas. They call their pongas pongas. There, are a, there is a boat that is the design and the make and the manufacturer is a ponga. But anything that we would consider a skiff in California, they consider a ponga. Also, your inflatable that you launch in the water, they, they, the locals down here in Mexico call it a ponga. But uh, <clears throat> it's a small boat, it's a skiff. It's, it's, a, it's not a yacht, it's a small boat <clears throat> that you're gonna fish on center console type of thing. Okay, my buddy Darren, he fished Catalina yesterday. They had a great time, but they got no yellows on the troll. What are the best recommendations for trolling lures or bait, and what lures in Catalina? Well, that's going to be perfect, Darren, because we're going to talk about this a lot on our um, on our game plans for this weekend. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about this a lot because there is everything's biting right now along the Southern California coast and over at Catalina and San Clemente Island. Calico bass, barracuda, bonita, and there are yellowtail. But the problem is all the other fish are so aggressive that they're having a hard time getting through them. And if you're using that live squid, the blue perch, the calico bass, the barracuda, everybody's eating that squid up so quick. If you get into a zone like you were in yesterday where you're catching 
calico bass, bonita, or barracuda, every time you throw your line of water, if you start to use live mackerel for bait, I would put 20, 15 or 20 mackerel in the bait tank. And when the fishing starts to get really, really good, and you, you have that perfect downhill current that we talk about all the time on the website, and all that stuff's working together with you and everything seems to be working good, all of a sudden now, you fly line out of mackerel. Calico bass are going to have a hard time eating unless it's a giant calico. And what a phenomenal bycatch that would be to be an eight, nine pound calico. Big barracuda can eat the mackerel, but not normally. And then yellowtail are going to eat the mackerel. You're going to get away from all the other stuff. You're going to get more of a chance to catch a yellowtail when you're fly line in a mackerel. It's just a much easier, softer, kinder way to do this is fishing with the mackerel. So that's what I would suggest, Aaron, next time you go, which will probably be sooner than later after that phenomenal fishing you had yesterday. Try to catch some mackerel. If you're coming out of Dana Point, you know, my go-to spot right up there by the red buoy. Just get outside the red buoy, throw your chum bucket over, jiggle up some mackerel, get yourself 10 or 15 mackerel, and only use them when everything's starting to bite. Don't use them while you're trying to figure out what's going on or read the current and all that. But when all the fish are starting to bite and you're catching the the calicos and the barracuda and the bonita are all biting, that's when you grab your heavy rod with your six-aught thin wire mustad hook and nose hook your mackerel or butt hook your mackerel and flip it out there on 65 or 80-pound fluorocarbon your heavy line and get ready because those yellowtail will scarf that right up. And you might not even know that there's yellowtail there. You throw that mackerel out and all of a sudden here they come and they're, they're coming in there angry and they're fired up and they're ready to eat your mackerel. It will absolutely blow your mind how much fun that is when you're doing that. And the same thing's going to happen along the coast right now, especially up there in Huntington Flats. And uh, the horseshoe where you're catching that barracuda and that sand bass, if you start just fishing straight mackerel, get, get yourself some sand bass and some barracuda and then flip straight mackerel again. Then you're going to get away from all that other stuff and you got a very, very good chance of catching a yellowtail in the middle of that barracuda and sand bass. They're there. I guarantee you they're there. They've been there. They were there every year since we were kids, right, Chuck? They're always there. You just got to fish with the right bait to make sure you get them. Gang, listen. We're going to give away a t-shirt today to whoever sends in a question. I'm going to pick one lucky person from the questions list, and I'm going to give away a free t-shirt. We do this almost every Wednesday. Sometimes I forget, but those of on Instagram, I, I have to tell you, everybody else already knows. The Facebook, the YouTubers, the TikTokers, they all know. Instagram, you're brand new. You haven't been a part of this live show. I'm just letting you know. If you send me in a question, I'm going to pick one lucky person and we're going to give them a free Your Saltwater Guide shirt. I know, no big deal. I know you like to wear your Thunderbird shirt. I understand that. But those of you that want a t-shirt, send in a pic send in a question. All right? So here we go. We got another question. Hey, Captain Dave. It's Matt. When bluefin fishing, what is your favorite search, favorite bait? Bluefin fisher, my favorite bait is by far, there's nothing better than fishing with a live mackerel. 
there's nothing better than fishing with a live mackerel. Bluefin fishing, yellowfin fishing, calico, ba or calico bass fishing, dorado fishing. When you throw out a live mackerel, it changes everything. It, you throw a live mackerel into that foamer out there, you butt hook your mackerel and you toss him into that foamer and you jerk on his tail a couple times and he swims right into that foamer of tuna. It looks like they're just eating straight anchovies. And they're going to eat that mackerel nine out of ten times if you cast it into that foamer. I like butt hooking them because you can control which way you make them swim by jerking on his back a little bit. Jerk on him a little bit. He'll swim against that. He'll swim right into the foamer. Hello. Hook up. Game on. It works flawless. And you can use the heavy, heavy line fishing with the live mackerel. I'm going to use live mackerel. Every single chance I get. When that big bluefin first showed up back in 2015, 2014, we were going out there with a couple hundred pieces of mackerel and we were just having a field day. We were hooking so many of those hundred pounders on the mackerel. It was flawless. It works really well. Most people have forgotten about it or they don't do it anymore. They want to use the kite and the dead flyer and all that stuff. I'll tell you, if you know how to cast and you can throw a live mackerel into a foam rig, hang on it's going to be game on it's going to be pretty spectacular you're going to have a really good time you're very very welcome i was glad to answer the question about handicap it's a big it matters a lot to me and i, I think it matters are spotted bay bass only found inside bays i've caught them in the ocean i've caught them just John Stanley again. I've caught him in the ocean, but yeah, basically spotted bay bass, just like his name, bay bass. That area I love to fish down in Lopez Mateos. Anywhere we go down there, the minute we stop the boat, I can throw the plastics and I can catch spotties all over the place. It's, a, it's quite insane, the amount of spotted bay bass in, Lopez, in the mangroves in Lopez Mateos, but that's a big giant bay. But also... We caught a lot of them in the Sea of Cortez. In the Sea of Cortez, we're really not in bay. Well, I guess the sea, the whole Sea of Cortez is a giant bay if you really thought about it. If you looked at it on a grandiose scale, it's a giant bay. But you can see videos of me and my crew catching six at a time on the Sabiquis outside of Santa Rosalia, fishing for mackerel there. We, I got on a big sonar mark that I thought was mackerel. And it was straight spotted bay bass. Absolutely incredible. That video's floating around on my social media somewhere. You can check that out, John, and see. But, yeah, it's crazy. Hey, Captain Dave, can you explain watercolor and why it matters? Yeah, Jason will talk about it for sure. Absolutely. So clarity of the water is a huge issue especially with what's going on in the world today with all the runoff and everything in Southern California, all that stuff matters. So when you come into an area where the water is very, very red or brown or, or almost blackish when we had all that runoff, right now the water is cleaner than it's been in a very, very long time because of that runoff. But when it's really dirty, what happens when the water is really dirty is the oxygen count's not there. So the fish that are living there aren't going to be very active. When the water starts to get clean, that clean green's gold downtown. Clean green's like really, really good. Purple's phenomenal, 
but you're going to have less of a chance of catching fish on artificials when the water's super clean. But when it's that clean green, it's very oxidated. Ox, it's full of oxygen. Thank you. I can't pronounce the word. But when it's filthy, filthy, dirty, it's starving for oxygen. That's what gets really dirty. The plankton dies and everything starts to happen. But when it's the cleaner it is, the more oxygen it's going to have in it, the more active the fish are going to be. When it's really, really clean, they're going to be able to really, really see your hook and really, really see your line. And they're going to have not such a high tendency to want to eat your bait or eat your lure. So it's very, very important to check out the water color you're in. And if you can get to some cleaner water, it would help dramatically. Ace, thank you. It tugs on my heartstrings and it tugs on my sister and my brother's heartstrings every time we drive into Dana Point Harbor. Gang, if you don't know, my father was a huge instrumental figure in sport fishing in California since 1947. He was pretty much the dawn of sport fishing. And he was the very first business in Dana Point Harbor in 1971. He used to have the boats off the end of the San Clemente Pier. And then in 71, he moved the operation to Dana Point. And uh, last year, January, we, we lost the old man. And we were very blessed and honored that they dedicated Dana Point Harbor to my father. So what Ace is talking about is as you pull into Dana Point Harbor on the right-hand side, just past the Dana Point Resort, the cliffs there, there's a big blue sign right there that says Don Hanson Memorial Way, which is pretty spectacular. And it pulls on your heartstrings. Anybody that knew the old man or if you don't know who I'm talking about, go look it up on YouTube. I have some phenomenal videos telling his life story he, narrated by him, which is pretty spectacular. I was able to get that in the, on the website and all over social media before he passed away. So I'm pretty honored with that. So thanks for touching on that, Ace. Yeah, it means a lot to us. Okay, we got a few other questions coming in. Not too many people want a chance to win a T-shirt. I find that highly weird, but whatever. I know what I've learned over the last 38 or yeah, 30 years of doing the social media thing is people are terrified of free stuff. I understand that. Although, thank God, John and, and uh, Mike and Ron and everybody else that comes to my shows, you are not afraid of the free stuff because you know Captain Dave gives away a ton of free stuff. We have phenomenal sponsors that step up to the plate every year. Are, we're able to make a lot of people's dreams come true by all the free stuff that we hand out. But it's free, gang. All you got to do is text me and ask me a question. I'm going to pick one of you, and I'm going to give you a free Your Saltwater Guide t-shirt, whatever size you are. Is the Marine Mammal Protection Act just a U.S. thing? How do the other countries handle it? It was <clears throat> the Marine Mammals Act of 1967 was strictly for the United States of America. Other countries have their own thing about it, but the biggest problem is the California sea lion is the most protected animal on the planet Earth, more protected than a human being. His life matters more to the politicians in the United States of America than my life, than a human being's life. The California sea lion is the most protected animal on the planet Earth. They have more rights than all of us combined they're not allowed to die of any causes, man-made or natural-made. They get free health care. They're just a fun, I want to be a sea lion. 
let's be perfectly honest. But with other countries, I'm not sure they're how they handle it. I know down here in Mexico, they're running amok. They're causing massive damage. They're eating people every single day down here. You'll never hear about that on the news, though. You're hearing some baloney right now about it, that uh, they're attacking people because there's an al algae in the water that's making them go cuckoo, cuckoo. If your dog attacks your neighbor, they put your dog down. If a mountain lion comes out in your neighborhood and eats you, or your neighbor or your children, they put the mountain lion down. If a California sea lion walks down your street and eats your kid, your mountain lion's going to get a, or excuse me, California sea lion walks down your street, eats your child. They're going to have a parade for that sea lion. They're going to take him to the hotel. They're going to give him all kinds of free stuff. He's going to get the best food money can buy. He's going to live in luxury in a heated swimming pool because he ate your child. And then we're going to let him go back out in the wild where he can go eat more children. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard of, but it's absolutely happening every single day. It's the, the world has gone cuckoo, cuckoo. The world's gone crazy, gang. Sea lions more rights than any animal on the planet. Your dog that has lived with you his whole life, if he bites your neighbor tomorrow, they're going to put him down. But if a sea lion shows up tomorrow in your child's bedroom and you walk in and it's eating your child, that sea lion's getting a parade. Is that the craziest thing you've ever heard of? Don't. Take my word for it. Go look around. They're eating people every single day and nobody, it's not even on the news. <laughs> oh, no, they're just biting people. I don't know. Everything I've ever eaten, I had to bite. Every single thing I've eaten, I had to bite. I never was able to eat anything without biting it. It's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. And uh, something, we got to snap out of this, gang. We have to snap out of this. We have to start understanding that we matter. Human beings matter. Dave, can you explain water temperature and what the temp is best for each type of fish? Yeah, we can talk about water temperature. That water temperature in Southern California is controlled by weather. Right now, we're still got a lot of cold water floating around because of all the rain and runoff and wind. And wind is what controls water temperature more than anything. And if you start to get some hurricanes down south here where I live in Cabo and you have to start getting that water moving up the coast and we start to get that water temperature starting to rise, that yellowfin tuna, the dorado, wahoo, all those fish are swimming around with the water temperature. That's a big thing. Now, why is this yellowfin locked into Southern California where there's a big area down below Descanso, down below Ensenada where the water's still cold and there's water outside that's cold and there's water above that's cold and then this yellowfin's in here? I don't know. We can throw away the history books. It doesn't, we don't, any of us that have been doing this for more than an hour, not the superstars on Instagram. I know you guys know more about fishing than I ever will, but I'm talking about these old timers. We've grew up in the industry and we've been fishing for a living for 40, 50, 60 years. We don't know as much as the Instagram fishermen, but we're learning a little bit. But what we've learned over the last five years is you can throw the history books in the trash. Nothing makes sense anymore. We used to say, you don't start to see yellowfin in Southern California until the water's 69, 70, 71, 72. Well, that book can go in the trash. Yes. Yellowfin tuna biting in 62 degree water, 64 degree water, 66 degree water. It doesn't make any sense anymore. 
We used to always say the albacore, cold water fish, they love that cold water. Well, I don't know where they are this year. They're nowhere. They're, they're 150, 200 miles off the beach up in Oregon and Washington. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like my buddy Marty that was on the show on Monday saying they don't, he's a commercial fisherman up there. He owns an albacore boat and they, they can't catch enough to pay for the fuel right now. So water temperature has a big, a big thing to do with things, but not anymore. You can throw away the books. 67 to 69 degree water. That was downtown yellowtail fishing at the islands. But then we would see yellowtail in 59 degree water, yo-yo fishing. Uh, sea bass, we'd see them in 62 to 63 degree water would be when they would really bite the best. But then we saw in the last few years, we saw really good fishing in 70 degree water. The water temperature thing, I don't think you have to put too much into that anymore. It used to, used to matter, but now it doesn't matter anymore. It's just, you got to go fishing because God only knows what's going to happen when you're out there. He's the only one that knows God, Jesus, Lord, Ollie, whatever you believe in. That's the only thing that controls this thing. You and I, we don't know what the heck's going on. It changes every single second of every single day. So can't put a lot into the, can't put a lot into that water temperature anymore. Can you, Cap Dave, can you explain what you need to get your captain's license and start a charter service to take people fishing? How do you go about getting that ball rolling? And are there different things for different states? After you get into it outside waters of your state. Thanks, Brian. I can only tell you about Southern California, Brian, and I can't even comprehend how many people have called me over the last 10 years and, and talk to me about starting a charter boat business. What I could tell you right now is if you want to lose a phenomenal amount of money, start a charter boat business. First of all, I don't know if you paid attention to the price of fuel at all, but like my dad used to say before he passed away, you could take all the money he made off of ticket sales over the last 20 years. If you could just give him back the money he spent on fuel, he would have been able to retire. A long, long time ago now, my dad and my sister and my brother, they own nine sport fishing boats in Dana Point Harbor. So I only talk from experience. There is a phenomenal amount of guys that do it super illegally in California. Big names, big, big names in the industry are doing it illegal. In order to get your captain's license, you have to have 756 days documented from a captain on a boat. And then the size of your license is going to depend on the size of the boat that you can get your time documented on. Then you have to take a large test. That's approximately nine parts. Has nothing to do with driving a boat. It has to do with rules of the road and navigation and math and first aid and weather and knot tying and all those different things. Really has nothing to do with the operation of the boat. You never do five seconds behind the wheel when you get your captain's license. They have no idea if you can drive a boat or not because that's not what it's about. It's about being responsible for the people that are on the boat when you're driving it. You learn how to drive a boat. If you have 756 days on board the on the water on a boat, I guarantee you spent time behind the wheel. And if you didn't, it's probably because you, you shouldn't get a captain's license. Then once you get all that, you get your captain's license. Then you got to go to your insurance company and tell them, hey, I'm going to take people are going to buy it, 
buy a ticket to go out on my boat and go fishing. Great. They're going to say, okay, it's going to be X amount of money to take them fishing. What kind of boat do you have? You're going to have to have it surveyed. You're going to have to get it taken care of. And you're going to have to have that all done. Then you're going to have to go to your dock, wherever it is, California, Oregon, Washington, Canada. I don't know. But you're going to have to go to the people that you pay rent to your to park your boat. And you're going to have to ask them, hey, is it cool if I load people on my boat off of your dock that I give you nothing for? Think about it. What I just said, <clears throat> you're going to ask the people that you pay your dock slip to, to assume the liability insurance for bringing passengers for hire on the boat. I'll tell you 99.9% .9 of the marinas in California anyway are going to say no. No, that's why you have to run out of a landing. Dana Wharf Sport Fishing, Fisherman's Landing, Pier Point Landing, 22nd Street Landing, Newport Landing, Davies Locker. Why? Because they carry the liability. If you know anything about people, especially in California, most people in California that weren't born here are looking for how to get you. And if they see that you have a boat, they're going to think you have pretty deep pockets. So you're going to be, you're going to represent their, their free, their way out. Because everybody in Cal that isn't from California that lives here now, they all want to sue you for every single thing that they can think of. So you got to play that tape all the way through and understand. And if you're picking up on a launch ramp or a, pri or a private dock somewhere or a public dock somewhere, I guarantee you, guarantee you're doing it illegal. Guarantee it. Because nobody is carrying the liability insurance for you to go to the launch ramp and pick up your passengers. There are some high, high names in the industry. Guys that are posting every day on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook that are illegal charter businesses. And they're big names. And they're picking up on, on uh, launch ramps. And they're picking up on uh, par in parks and on piers. And they're picking up in places where... Right away, you know, if they're not picking you up on their dock that they pay money for to park their boat, they're doing it illegal, gang. And they're doing it shady and they're just, and I don't care what, oh, they're going to get you, Dave. Oh, I'm right here. I'm here every day. My phone number's plastered on every wall in America. Let those big heavy hitters come get me. Come get me. I'm right here. Gang, if somebody tells you that they're going to run a charter boat, and they want you to meet them at the launch ramp at Dana Point Harbor or the launch ramp at uh, Sunset Aquatics or the launch ramp at Shelter Island or the launch ramp in Mission Bay. Bing, 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 bing. Illegal charter, illegal charter, illegal charter, illegal charter. They're getting away with it. I understand. All it's going to take is one accident, gang. And I'd hate for it to be when you and your grand father or grandmother on the boat and something bad happens and you're not that person that likes to sue but let's just pretend like there was a problem and something happened when it's time to get paid you got to go to the hospital there's going to be zero insurance now you're going to have to go after that booger eating morons freaking house it's going to create a whole bunch of new problems if they're telling you to meet them at the launch ramp they're running illegal charter. There's no insurance. 
I don't know if you know, but the insurance companies did not become billion dollar companies by paying claims. So when they find out, where did you, where did, I'm not gonna say their names. <laughs> I know you want me to. It's real easy to figure it out, gang. Call them up and ask them where they pick you up at. The big names in the industry. The big, big four packs and two packs. Ask them where they're going to pick you up at. Just ask them. First of all, they're not going to let that information out until you get they get your money. They're going to dance around that question all day, every day. And then they're going to lie, too, because if they're picking up on a lawn tramp, they have no insurance. They're full of baloney. I'm sorry, I got off on a tangent. That's a hot one for me, gang, because there's so many people in the industry that are doing it right and standing up and doing it right that it just pisses me off when I see these guys, shady scumbags doing it, trying to vent the system and doing it without doing it the right way. It just pisses me off. And, and their name and they use it and they on Insta snap shit crap all day posting all these pictures and they're running illegal charters and they're taking money out of the good people's mouths. All right. Enough of that. We could, that's a whole show we did a couple weeks ago. Anyway, here, my buddy, yeah, maybe you can give a shout out to Jeff at the bait part for how awesome he is. No, nope. Not going to do it. I hate Jeff. No, I'm just kidding. All the bait barge attendants up and down the coast, except for that one guy in, in uh, that one bait barge and that hates there's one guy that sells bait for a living that hates to sell bait for a living and you already all know his name and if you're new to this you can only guess there's one guy that sells bait for a living that absolutely hates to sell bait the rest of the companies that sell bait they're stoked to sell bait there's another problem the oceanside bait company if you are fishing out of oceanside harbor you know how difficult it is to get live bait their bait barge in Oceanside Harbor is open from 5.15 in the morning to 5.17 in the morning. If you don't get there in that two-minute period, you're not going to get any bait. Marina Del Rey, they don't, I don't have a clue what they're doing up there. No idea. They don't have a clue. They, they have bait one day, then they don't have bait for three months. Redondo Beach, they got a massive sea lion problem. They do the very best they can. San Pedro Bait Company, phenomenal operation. Mike that works there at the barge, what an awesome human being. Go down to Newport, you got Bryce at the bait barge, awesome human being. You go down to Dana Point, you got Jeff running the bait barge, awesome human being. You go down to San Diego and Mission Bay, that whole system down there, they have so many people that work on the barges. It would take me the rest of my show to mention all their names, but they all do a phenomenal job. One thing I can promise you though, if you come up to that bait barge swinging around a bunch of attitude because you had to wait in line, because you never watched one of Dave's seminars and you never went to the Bard Hall show or the Fred Hall show or the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing and listened to me tell you about getting to the bait barge. If you get to the bait barge at six o'clock in the morning, sit down and shush your mouth. You should, on a private boat, you should never get there after five o'clock in the morning. And if you can't get up early, then don't go until after seven. You don't want to be there from 5 to 7. My God, that's when every single boat in the world's going. So don't come in there swinging around with a full attitude because you had to wait in line because you don't know, you don't have an alarm clock and you can't get up. Yes, Goose was crazy. 
Goose was crazy, Devin. He was crazy. He was a great guy, though. But, uh, gang, the bait barge attendant is super integral, important part of your whole operation, and you got to make sure you tip the bait barge attendant. You got to make sure you tip them. Gang, because your bait tank sucks, that's not the bait barge attendant's fault. Because you didn't get there in time doesn't make that the bait barge attendant's fault. You got to set your alarm. You have to be at the bait barge before 5 o'clock in the morning or after 7 o'clock. And you got to pay attention and you got to be you got to be right on it. And then when you're all done getting your bait, make sure you tip them. Make sure you give them a decent tip. Remember, gasoline is five-something a gallon now. So if you really think a $5 tip is cool, then leave a $5 tip. I don't know. I'd have a hard time doing that. If I put a couple scoops of bait on my boat or more, I'm going to have to give them a little bit better tip than that. But it's up to you. It's what you can't afford. But, gang, it matters. They will remember you, right, Darren? They will remember you. If you tip, they'll remember. And if you don't tip, they will never forget. They know the color of your boat, the name of your boat, the color of your hat, the kind of rods you have, the kind of bait tank you have. They remember everything about it. I'm not saying you're going to get more bait because you tipped, but I'm guarantee you they'll remember you. So remember that because there's nothing more important. Every single time from today forward, you go and you look in your bait tank, you're seeing the guy, you're seeing Jeff's face, you're seeing... You're seeing Mike's face. You're seeing Bryce's face. Every anchovy, every sardine you get out of your bait tank, you're seeing that bait barge attendant's face. So remember that. Do not leave that bait barge without tipping. And gang, if any of this sounds good, if any of this sounds fun, if any of this sounds like even faintly important to know all this stuff, you want to go over to my website, YourSaltWaterGuide.com, with over 500 videos, how to fish in Southern California, how to go to the bait barge, how to take care of the bait barge attendant, how to take care of your boat, how to take care of your tackle, how to rig, how to do whatever, how to fly the kite, how to do whatever. Check out my website, YourSaltWaterGuide.com. If you're scared of it, call me at 949-374-0786. I'll give you a free look. Those of you on Facebook and YouTube right now, I just threw the QR code up there. Grab that QR code, gang. Go check out my website. Don't be scared when it asks you to put in your credit card. We're not going to charge it. You get 14-day free look. If you put your phone number in, I'm going to call you up. I'm going to open the website up and let you look at everything. See all the hotspots. See all the game plans. See everything I got to offer. It's not a bad thing to be to be a part of the best fishing website ever built. That, how can that be a bad thing? I never ever, when I was running yachts and running sport boats, I never went, you know what? I'm just going to not go out with any info today. No, I would make sure I got the most info I could possibly hand, possibly get. Be in the tightest code groups I could possibly be in. Well, that's what you get at yoursaltwaterguide.com. So check out my website. Check out my bitchin'. Community I built for everybody. Those of you on Instagram, you don't even know yet. Don't be afraid. Go check it out. I know there's a lot of superstars of fishing that have all kinds of things to offer you. Check out my website, gang. I promise I won't let you down. I've only been doing this for a living for 48 years. They named the damn harbor after my dad. We got a little bit of street cred. 
Think about that when you're thinking about giving somebody your money for their knowledge. Think about who you're giving your money to. There's a website they built. A couple of guys. They're great guys. They've never spent 10 minutes on a yacht, though. I don't know. Just check things out. Make sure you pay attention to who you're giving your money to. If you want to learn, been in both industries my whole life, the sport boat industry and the yacht industry my whole life, been doing the private boat thing my whole life. I guarantee you I, I know a couple things. Check out my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. I love how they say, oh, Captain Dave's only for beginners. Yeah, <laughs> 48 years, I'm a beginner. You got it. Yep. I, I haven't been doing this as long as you guys on Instagram. I only started in 1974. So there's a lot of guys that have websites that have been doing it way longer than I have. I understand that. Maybe you should sign up with them. But we also have a bitchin' app for those superstars, young kids. We have an app that's clean, bitchin', your saltwater guide on the App Store and on Google Play Store, your saltwater guide. Check them out. See if they all have an app. Let me know. All right. We got more questions. I'm sorry. I get in, I get all kinds of things going on. Which Akuma reel do you recommend for bottom fishing in shallow water? All right. That's a great question. Gang, all my rods and reels are Akuma. Everything I use is Akuma. I have a very good understanding about it. And what I will tell you is if you can get the Cortez 10, you'll be able to fish rockfish perfect. It's a phenomenal reel. It's going to hold plenty of line. It's got a great gear ratio. It's got a bigger power handle, which is way more fun for fishing in that deep water. It's way more fun. You want to use that Cortez 10. And then if you're really going to fish even shallower, the Cortez 5 will work. If you got some extra cash in your bag. Now, the Cortez series reels work just fine for what we're talking about. Got a little bit of extra money in your bag and you want to just get a little bit cooler deal with the with the two-speed, you might want to move into the Andros series. They're kind of a bitch and reel, kind of same size, the fives and the tens, but it's going to be a little bit funner because it's got the two-speeds. I like the Cortez series because they have the star drag. I like, I like using the star drag when I'm fishing. I do like that a lot because I can adjust the drag throughout the battle. And I'm an old school guy, so I don't have time to throw the reel and freeze full and then adjust that lever drag and then put it back into gear. All that stuff, way too much for me. I can't really figure it out. It makes my poor little old man brain melt. And something I didn't know, and I, I learned this from all the superstars of Instagram. I'm a boomer. I didn't even know what a boomer was. Like, really? I'm a boomer. Okay. Yep. You don't want any information from a guy who's been doing it his whole life. You'd rather get your information from a 15-minute star. I understand that. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. Get your information from somewhere. Don't go out there blind. Don't go try to figure this thing out on your own. It isn't easy, gang. This fishing right now is super hard. This offshore tuna thing, super hard. We talked to a lot of guys the last few days about the binoculars and the gyro-stabilizing binoculars and the... Frazier Mariners that we talk about. And uh, gang, you can buy all kinds of low-end binoculars. But there's only a couple of pairs that are the, the gyro-stabilizing binoculars. People go, oh, yeah, but I, 
What about this pair of Sears binoculars? Yeah, they're, they're binoculars, you're right. But they're not the ones. They're not, they're, there is a pair. And if you think about what's going on right now, six bucks a gallon, somewhere between $5.50 and $6 a gallon for gas. You're going to get on your boat, you're going to go 120, 130 miles because you're going to go out and then you got to turn around and come back. Most of the time you're going 40, 50 miles. You got to turn around and come back. You're probably going to fish a little bit while you're out there. So you're going 120, 130 miles. You do two trips like that, you could have bought a pair of gyro stabilizing binoculars. If you don't have a pair of binoculars, super high-end binoculars on the boat, like Jimmy Kingsmill always says, if you don't have a pair of gyros on your boat, you're going to be fishing for boats out there. That's just the way it is. Sorry, we can't sugarcoat it. We can't make it any different than it is. It's about binoculars. Really, really, really now. With the blue fin, the yellow fin, and everything else that's going on out there, it's about binoculars. Yeah, Jeff likes a soda or likes a beer once in a while, but he can't. He want, he'd rather have your money. He'd rather have you tip him than bring him out some beers or some sodas. He can get on the skiff and go right over to Proud Mary's and get whatever he wants to drink. He'd much rather have your cash. He'd much rather have your cash. I'm just trying to read some questions. Gang, we have a few more minutes. We got like eight more minutes. We do this show every day for an hour. Still got time if you want to send in a question. If I didn't get to your question, resend it in. I don't know how it slipped through the cracks, but I don't see it. I got my phone right in front of me. If I didn't answer your question, send it in. Gang, understand Michael Folks will be on the show on Friday. It's going to be a fun show. Michael's a very close, longtime friend of mine. I don't know if you've seen any of our podcasts together or any of the interviews he's done with me on his show and me on on in him on my show but we're going to have a really good time on friday you want to see what he's doing he's really getting closer and closer every day to launching that movie the history of sport fishing should be really cool it's going to be a phenomenal show jack since you're on here you just asked a question can you tell me were you able to get a hold of anybody over there that i gave you the number to and you can send that while i'm answering this question how do you separate wind waves from current? Wind is not current. Current is not wind. None of them are the same. You can go to, to, you can anchor up on a spot when the wind's blowing 12 knots out of the northwest and the current can be going absolutely southeast, driving straight into the wind full speed. There, there isn't any way to differentiate what the current's doing until you actually get to the spot. Wind is not current. But what I can promise you is if you go, like you go to San Clemente Island or Catalina Island, you go around the east end of the island to get up the back side of the island, right there on that corner of the island, the wind will be coming out of the west, and the current will be going uphill, and it will make those waves stack up. If you can just take it easy and get around that corner and drive for half mile, you might get past where that wind is against the current, Jack. Wind against the current makes the waves stack up. You hear it all the time on Deadliest Catch, Sig Hansen and the boys. They go, wind against the current, the waves are stacked up 30 foot. That means the wind is blowing northwest, but the current's going southeast. The two things stack up together and make these giant mountain waves. It's crazy. It happens all the time. But as far as the wind has nothing to do with the current and the current has nothing to do with the wind, they're two totally different things. 
Okay, good. Hey, Captain Dave, this is Rick from Orange. Can you tell me what the difference are between the Blue Windy app and the Red Windy app? Yeah, money. <laughs> yeah, the, the difference in the coloration is one you have to pay for and you get a bigger, longer view. And the other one is the free part. The free part of Windy is five days. You can look at the weather for five days. Then the pay part is you can look at it for 14 days out, which is what we do when we're doing deliveries and stuff. I have the pay part. I pay for my Windy app and I use it all the time on all my stuff. And I talk about it all the time. I have no idea why they've never reached out to me and said, hey, Captain Dave, we really appreciate all you do for us, sending all your people over to us. But they haven't yet. But I use Windy all the time for everything. When I make my game plans, I pull them up on the screen. I talk about it on the game plans and all that stuff. But the difference between the red and the blue is money and not money. Money's going to get you a longer look. It's still the same forecast. But you get a longer look at it is all. That's the only difference, Rick. So you can plan a couple of weeks ahead of time. If it, and like I always say, if it looks like it's going to blow then don't go. And if you get closer to the day and it's not blowing, you just go, okay, all right, big deal. But if you decide to go and you see in 14 days it's going to be blowing 20 knots and then you don't take precautionary measures to not go and then on that day you go and it's blowing 20 knots, I'm going to say, huh, what did you do? It would be way better to set it home when it's not when it said it's going to blow 20 and you set it home and it's not blowing, then when it said it's going to blow 20 and you're out there and it's blowing 20, you don't look very intelligent. I'm just saying. Kind of look like a damn bugger eater, in the words of Captain Dave Hansen. All right, we got to, I don't need any more questions, gang. We're going to blow over the time. All right. What's the best way to add new braid to a conventional reel? Thanks, Brian. Brian, what I do is that not is deadly on connecting braid to braid. There is no way unless you have hollow floral carbon and you can take, take the time putting the, or not hollow floral, hollow braid and you can do the Chinese finger puzzle and thread that up inside there and then do all that. But what I do is if I only have a half spool of braid or something, I'll grab one of my smaller reels and I'll crank that braid onto one of those smaller reels. But as far as splicing braid on braid, I've never seen it work. It's never been a good thing. It doesn't work. It's like, okay, I just ruined half my spool. It's probably my fault because I got in a tangle because I wasn't paying attention. Now I just got to strip that all off. I might put it on an old spool. I might hand crank it onto an old spool or something and get it off of there. Like I'd take one of my empty spools of uh, opsin and I'd wrap the braid around this real quick off my reel and then I'd have like a half a spool for a later time. Maybe I'll get a smaller reel or something, something like that. <laughs> but as far as pricing braid to braid, there's not a good knot that I know of. There's not a good way to do it. So I just go, okay, I made a mistake. I got to buy another spool. If you could only afford to invest in outriggers or downriggers, what would you pick? Okay, I'm going to be honest because that's all I got. I Jesse, I'm not I'm not a big outrigger fan because I'm usually out by myself or with one other person. And when we get a hookup or something, you got all that garbage all over the place hanging in the water or everything. So 
I don't really like them that much. If you have to do all that fancy stuff to get a bite, that's too much work for me personally. I don't want to go. But if you are hell-bent on having them, outriggers, you're going to use way more than you're going to use downrigger. Downrigger is very, very expensive when you get the downrigger, the wire for the downrigger, the electric motor for the downrigger, the, the big giant sinker for the downrigger, the big weight that swims through the water with the downrigger, and then all the rigging for that. It's a big investment to go use it four or five times a year to go do something that we really don't do in Southern California that often. And it's a big piece of real estate on your boat. It's usually in the back corner on one side or the other of your boat. It takes up a big piece of real estate. It's in the way. I've owned a lot of skiffs over my short little period of life on the planet. And I think I used a downrigger twice fishing for those threshers. And uh, I'm convinced I don't need to use a downrigger. So just think of that. The outriggers, they're out of the way. When you bring them in, you flip them up. They're out of the way. Except that every time you go to cast, you hook the outrigger. I hate outriggers. Any of my deckhands will tell you that. I hate them because I like to fish. I like to anchor the boat. I like to cast my line out. I like to fish. Outriggers cause me nothing but brain damage because I'm constantly hooking them. Constantly hooking them. Downrigger takes up a huge piece of my boat. Huge corner of the boat gets in the way all the time. I'm not a big fan of either one unless I'm on a big giant biking or something where we can have them sticking out way out the sides, drag our lures around and all the, or drag our uh, ballyhoos around or whatever. But as far as a skiff, I'm not using either one of them. That's just me. Sorry, Jesse. Okay, Jack. Okay, I didn't have a chance to call anybody. Okay, just let me know if you ever do get a hold of them. Gang, before we get off of here, on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, there's a way to leave me a tip. If you can't figure it out, you can leave me a tip at Venmo, at Your Saltwater Guide on Venmo, at Your Saltwater Guide on Venmo. On Facebook, it's sprinkling some stars. On uh, Instagram, it's sprinkling some gifts. Make sure you hit the like button, the subscribe button. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. All this stuff matters. Mike Lewis, did you post a link or video of catching bait in the marina? I have it in my Dropbox, but no, I'm, I don't know, Mike. I'm just a booger eater, I guess. I have it. It's all done. It's all edited. I don't know why I haven't put it there, but I'll put it up on the website tomorrow or today. I got to get those 38 videos out here right after the show. I'll try to do my best to put that up, Mike. It's my fault. I, I'm sorry I keep failing on you. Gang, I want to thank you all for watching the show today. Thank you very much. Instagram, I hope you guys all become fans and lovers of the show like everybody else across the, across the world. I do this show Monday through Friday, 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. You'll have to watch it on Friday and Sat or Fridays on YouTube or TikTok or YouTube or uh, Facebook Live because they won't let us go with the special guest on Instagram yet. Hopefully it's going to change soon. We will see. But we got Michael Folks Friday. Thank you all for watching. Thank you very much. I appreciate everybody. I'm going to go edit some videos. I got to put them all out for tomorrow. 
And thank you, everybody, and I'll see you all tomorrow. You know, those of you on Instagram, if you haven't had the pleasure of seeing my wife, she's on the show on Thursdays. Kelly Girl will be joining us tomorrow. We'll have a good show for you. You guys can ask Kelly Girl some crazy questions, whatever you want to know, and we'll do our best to answer. And uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Jesse, you won the T-shirt because I beat up on you on the outriggers and the downriggers. You won the T-shirt, Jesse. Send me your send me your uh, shirt size and your address, and Kelly will get that shirt mailed out to you today. John Stanley, I think those flags are going to be ready in the next couple days. I'll call that guy. All my new stickers are out. They're ready. I'm picking them up. Couple days, they got the new QR code on the stickers now. We got thousands and thousands of my bot getting ready for the season. So make sure you get a sticker, make sure you get a flag. We'll talk about that as soon as John Stanley has them in his hand. Thank you, everybody, for watching the show today. I'll see you all tomorrow. Adios. <laughs>